Would you stand for the reading of God's word? From Mark 16. My name is Scott. I'm the uh, pastor here, one of the pastors here. Super grateful to be with you on this day. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Mark 16, verses 1 through 8. When the Sabbath was was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? And when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He is risen. He's not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Our message today is called From Tombs to Testimonies. And as you sit down, turn to somebody on your left or right and say, God's got good news for you. Turn to somebody, look them in the eyes. God's got good news to you. Got good news. Well, hey, happy Easter. It is a uh, victorious thing to be together with you. Uh, For many of you, it's been quite a while. Last year, some of us gathered for Easter. We were outside in what felt like a snowstorm. So this feels like a victory. And Easter is a day of victory for Christians, as Jesus had victory over death. Interesting, though, for the women in that Bible story, they thought it was a failure. They, they didn't see victory in the moment. They thought it was failure. Jesus, who they had followed, was dead. They had seen it with their own eyes. They had seen him put to death on the cross. And if you think of these women and the grief and trauma in their story approaching the gravesite, they go to anoint Jesus' body for burial. But in their mind's eye, everything was over. And they didn't even have the power to enter the tomb... Interesting. Yes, Lord, what do you say? No, it's like, <laughs> that's probably going to happen again here, and I'm not sure why. Uh, but these women, these incredible women, they, they, they had to, to, you know, pay their respects to Jesus, to, to, to lay him to rest. They don't even know what's going because the stone, they approach even though there's a stone blocking them, a stone cutting them off from Jesus, blocking them from paying their respect, a stone cutting out their hope. And there's something about that picture of stones that's really, I think, powerful for me in the season we've been through. There are stones. There are things that cut us off from our heart's desire. There are obstacles. But this God turns obstacles into opportunities. A writer who I follow said this about Easter. He said, what looked like colossal failure turned out to be a great victory. The worst moment in history became the world's greatest moment. And that had me thinking, and I'd love to ask you that question just for you to reflect on, like, what's one of your worst moments or a failure that comes to mind for you? Conversely, what's one of your greatest moments? What was a great season of victory? It's incredible how it's often our failures that give rise to some of our greatest moments. When I was growing up, I had a, I had a great moment. I had a great season. I, I played uh, football in college, and I was 
third string. The guy in front of me got hurt. The guy in front of him got hurt. And that was my claim to fame, the one that didn't get hurt. And so there I was, available to play in the game. And we came through a difficult season, but it was the final game. We were playing Simon Fraser University. It was muddy. It was mucky. I had several fumbles. And you're thinking, several, Scott, in one game? But remember, it's our failures that can often give birth to great victories. Near the end of the game... There was a touchdown, there was a, the team won. It capped a difficult but unreal season, a time of celebration. It was, a, it was just this highlight. And then fast forward a few months, I'm driving in the middle of the night, I'm outside Ritzville, Washington, I'm going 80 miles an hour, I fall asleep at the wheel without a seatbelt. I drive off the side of the road, the truck I'm driving starts to roll somewhere around the third or fourth rotation, I got thrown out of the vehicle. The truck continued to roll, was totally demolished. And when the paramedics showed up, he laid me on the pavement. It was raining. It was middle of the night outside Ritzville. And he says, stay here. I think you might be paralyzed because I was losing feeling across my body. It felt like death. It felt like a tomb where everything that I thought had value was ending. Now, no one likes these worst moment stories. No one likes these times of failure. No one likes worries of paralyzation. Nobody likes that. And for many of us, I'd say maybe most of us, some of our most difficult failures and moments are probably within recent memory from what we've been through. It's been quite difficult to say the least. But remember what I said earlier, this God take obstacles and turns them to opportunity. Through the power of the gospel, Jesus takes things that look like death in order to bring them to life. And in today's text, you get this sermon from a tombstone, a sermon from a graveside that I believe has great hope for all of us. And so I want to talk to us briefly about two things this morning. First of all, that Jesus is, is calling all of us to see the things that feel like stones and to be calling Jesus to remove obstacles so that we would experience him in new ways. We need, we need the stones rolled away. And secondly, Jesus longs to bring life to dead places so that we would have a story of transformation, that we would have a testimony. But let, let me start here with this first piece about this, this rolling the stones bit. That Jesus, in this story from Mark 16, Jesus rolls away stones that cut us off from his love. This is the work of the gospel. Jesus is constantly removing obstacles in order for us to experience more of his life. In Mark 16, it says these women were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, who will roll the stone away? Who will do it? They continue to pursue. These are the same women in Mark 15 who had seen Jesus crucified at a distance. It is Jesus' own mother. Like, just as a parent, right? <clears throat> Imagine your son being put to death, let alone the Savior of the world. And still they go. They approach, not, not bound by their own limitations or their fears or their failures or their grief even. They just know they want to be closer to Jesus. They just know that as they approach, God might do something. And, and certainly they're waiting for a miracle and they're, they're seeing death but there's something about that Jesus, even behind the stone, that they thought could bring them hope. 
And it's pretty incredible, actually, that these women were the first person reporters at all in the Gospel of Mark. In Jesus' time, women didn't have rights. Even in a court of law, you would never be able to bring a woman to give testimony because women didn't have a voice in that society, but not in Jesus' ministry. The women have incredible power. And in fact, they get to experience. The disciples are holed up. These women approach And Mark likes to lay out like almost like an eyewitness experience of what's happening in this text. Mark, if you've read the gospel, Mark, the most brief uh, gospel, there have been very spare details. But now Mark is layering details. It's not just morning, it's early morning. There's not just an angel in the tomb. The angel's off to the right. They're not just, you know, fearful, they're bewildered. And it's because Mark is setting the case up that this moment is the most significant in human history. The Bible would later say in 1 Corinthians, if Christ has not been raised, our faith is worthless. The faith of Christians rests on the resurrected Savior. This moment changes everything for those who believe. And so these women who don't even know yet how God's going to remove the stone, because again, they're like, who's going to move the stone? But they continue to go. They don't stop They have their spices and their herbs to care for Jesus' body. They don't, Jesus had said he was going to raise again. They don't know how that's going to be. They believe there's going to be an obstacle. Still, they don't stop. Grieving people who pursue Christ get a touch of the divine. And this is a word for somebody in this room this morning or somebody who's watching at home who feels like they're really close to giving up. And I don't know your story. I don't know if you're giving up on relationship, if you're giving up on the church, if you're giving up on somebody in your life who you prayed for for a very long time. This story tells them, do not stop pursuing Christ. Despite the obstacles that you know are blocking you from his love, as you pursue and look up, God can do incredible things. And there are tombs, there are obstacles. But when they got there and they looked up, the stone was rolled away. Their fear is erased by the power of God. These women are quite remarkable that they went anyway. And I just have... I've been thinking all week about the stones for us as God's people, the stones cutting us off from God's love, the stones that stop us, the stones that block us, the stones that discourage us. There's been a lot of stones in what we've been through, cutting us off from faith and from other Christians. But the verse says, when they looked up, the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Amazing things happen when we look up. God removes obstacles and brings dead things to life in order that we would experience him. Who will roll away your stone? Your stone of anxiety, your stone of loneliness, your stone of depression, your stone of just feeling really stuck. It's God. But listen to me carefully, friends. He doesn't just want you to examine him. He wants you to experience him. Because Faith is not just about ascending to some belief in something. It's about experiencing real relationship. This Jesus came that we would experience real relationship. Authority without relationship means nothing. Heather and I, in our honeymoon, we went to Italy. We went to Rome. It sounds bougie. We were in backpacks. At one point, we slept in a car. It's a different story, a different day. Things got mystic in the first 20 years of marriage. I will put that in a... 
And we're in St. Peter's Square. And today's the day the Pope is making an appearance. People are losing their mind. We wait in the hot sun. There had been a lot of pasta and pizza. So we were quite drowsy. When they loaded up the Pope in the Pope Mobile, they literally called it, and he's driving around St. Peter's Square with a bulletproof glass. People around me are weeping because the Pope and they're Catholics, and this is a huge deal. And I look over, and Heather is like sawing logs. She's absolutely dead asleep. I'm like, honey, you're missing it. We felt like, you know, we're not Catholic, so the authority without relationship didn't mean much. Some of us know stories of faith, but it's more than just authority Christ calls us to. He wants our heart touched. He wants relationship. We know there's stones blocking us. Jesus wants to remove the stones. Secondly, Jesus wants to bring life to dead places to send us on an epic adventure of faith. I do believe as Christians... Our faith should be sending us on an incredible adventure. When these women entered into the tomb, they heard the sermon of a lifetime. And this word in in Greek for tomb, it means a marker or remembrance or memorial, a place of dead things. And it's quite astonishing that from this tomb is where the angel delivers the testimony they enter in and they see an angel. He says, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus. He's crucified. He's, he's not here. And it's just another miracle in this incredible gospel. And the angel says, see the place where they laid him and then go and tell the disciples he's going ahead of you into Galilee. You're, you're looking for the dead one, but he's raised. Death couldn't contain him. He, he beat death by the power of the resurrection. I said one of my... Uh, Teachers in college, he says, the living are consumed with death, but the crucified one is consumed with life. Oh, that's good news. We need new life by the power of resurrection. We need a fresh experience of faith, of hope, of joy, of purpose, of friendship. Is anybody else looking for a fresh experience of life this morning? Does anybody else need a new touch of Jesus' life this morning? Yes, me too. Me too. We need new life. And this is this Jesus story that, you know, that God removes obstacles. And then Jesus, by his resurrection, it's just this testimony given that by faith, we, we get to lit, enter into the resurrection life. Jesus is always going ahead of us, calling us, wooing us, follow me into this new adventure, this new experience of resurrection. Jesus longing to bring the things that feel like they're dead, but by his power, bringing them to life. And if we see him, we must follow him. This is why this is so so important, because your experience matters so much. Our experience of Jesus matters so much, because what he did 2,000 years ago doesn't mean much if we don't experience Jesus today in our own lives. Paul said that in Corinthians. He said, why did we believe? Because he rose and we saw it. And for those of us on this side of the gospel story, we get to believe in the power of the resurrection to bring new life into our friendships, into our relationships, into our families, into church relationships, into people at work. We've got to be consumed with Christ's life and telling our testimonies that this God takes dead things and brings them to life. For me, back circa 1995, laying on the pavement of I-90 outside of Ritzville, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. 
It was a death. It, it, things were dying within me. I would never again play college football to that level. I would never again score a touchdown or hear the applause of many. But God sometimes takes our worst moments in order to bring great victories. My victory was experiencing the new life of Christ in that season and committing myself to to ministry and relationships and eternal work that transcended anything in Division III college football. And I believe God has done something powerful for you too. God has saved you for a purpose. God has saved you in order to bring life out of you. And the Bible says that if you profess Jesus as God and put your faith in him, that you are part of that resurrection life, that by the power of the gospel, Jesus won't just change how you think, he'll live in your heart. Not just that we would examine him, that we would experience him. And that's what I want to say in conclusion. Jesus, the son of God, is risen. Hallelujah. And now, how does it impact me? How does it impact you? How does this make you thoughtful of your own relationships, of your own hopes, of your own dreams? Are there things that feel like failures that God wants to bring to life? Are there obstacles that have just been cutting you off from God's love that even this morning you might ask for him to receive? And I'll ask another question. Are there things that God wants to this morning ask and invite you to lay in the tomb Because you've been coping with failure in such a way through this season, not in a way that Jesus is bringing new life out of. This morning, Jesus might be telling some of you, hey, come and lay that thing and put it in the tomb because there's no life there. No, this God takes our tombs and makes them a testimony. And I want to commission you, friends, that we have never needed your good news story. Those that are in faith this morning, if you're a Jesus follower, we've never needed your hope so much. A testimony is a story of the things that Jesus has done for you. So maybe you'll leave this space today refreshed and reminded of who Jesus is and telling your story into a world who desperately needs a fresh touch of hope. I'm going to call the band back up. We're going to have a time of prayer here in just a moment. But I promise you that this was a God who takes obstacles and makes opportunities. And I want to challenge you as we go into prayer in just a moment. Are there things cutting you off from God's love that feel like obstacles that you just want to pray about and hand those over to Jesus this morning? Are there other things that have felt like a tomb that by the power of Jesus, he wants to make into a testimony? Are there failures that God wants to move to victories for us as God's people leaning into this season into being people of hope? people of celebration, not ignorant of the pain in the world and wars and no, no, but by the power of Christ, risen to life. Because what the Bible says is because of Christ's death and resurrection that if we believe in Jesus, we then won't die but live eternal life, that life would live out from inside of us. And maybe there's someone this morning that just says, I want to start again. I want a new story. Scott, I need a testimony. There's been too many places of death for me in this last season. I need Jesus to do a new work. And so towards that, and I would love to invite us now as as a church to bow your heads in prayer. 
And Jesus, we love you. Thank you so much for Easter morning. And Jesus, we're here in this room. We're here online. But God, we're we're cognizant that for many, it's been a season of obstacle or it's been a season of tombs. But Jesus, by the power of your resurrection, would you bring new life to us? God, would you open us up and give us a testimony, a recommitment, a new touch of our heart, a new experience with your experience, that we wouldn't just examine you, that we would experience you, God. May it be so that from our failures, you'll bring a victory. And Lord, there are people even now that are considering making a new commitment or a renewed commitment to following you. And so for those people right now, Jesus, for those people, would you just have them pray these, these words as I pray? Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I want to follow you. Lord Jesus, I give my life to you forever. And we know that faith is literally that simple, setting out on an adventure with you living within us. And while our, hand, while our heads are still bowed, If that was you this morning and God just did a new work or a renew or a new touch of your heart this morning, while everyone else head bowed, will you just look up and raise your hand and just let me know that God just did a new thing for you? Because we celebrate that and Jesus sees that. And we know that in a moment, a life can change. We celebrate right now that that there are people in this room saying something happened for me this morning, that God is doing a new work in my heart this morning. Thank you. God, thank you for doing new work in your people this morning. Thank you for new life. Father, we love you. Thank you for removing the obstacles and bringing Jesus to, to new life. And by the power, Jesus, of your resurrection, we recommit to following you, that we would leave this place this morning with a story, a testimony, that you're not dead, but alive. Lord God, we love you. And all God's people said, amen.